0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You know, as Aaron was speaking about Caleb, it just brought something into my mind. Well, Caleb loved the presence of God in so much that when the ceremonies were over, he sat in the presence of God, unknown exactly what he did, but he sat, just wanted to soak or meditate in the presence of the Lord. And I just think about it now. He was one of the two spies out of the 12 that was actually able to see. And that harkens back to the scripture you hear me preach all the time in this COVID time which is first, first Corinthians chapter two, verse 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So when Caleb went into the promised land, I'll get to the message in about 20 minutes. When Caleb went to the promised land, he was able, able to see those were giants, but they were nothing to God. So in this time though, the church, because it is carnally minded and always remember that Paul wrote that scripture to the saved, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, Christian. So all the Christians were not able to see when they, when COVID was presented by the devil, they thought that it was something real. They thought that it was a giant, just like the 10 out of 12. Caleb was able to see they are nothing. Let us go up at once and take possession. Remember the, remember the scripture, Numbers thirteen thirty. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. We're gonna die, we're all gonna die. Well, that sounds familiar. I'm so glad Christmas is over, I get to be, I get to be mean again. <laughs> That, should, that sounds familiar, but we're, we're all gonna die. We, we, you know, we can't see this, we can't even see now that vaccine passports are proliferating throughout the earth and they still can't see. There's not a soul preaching it this morning outside of your church and a few others, a few outposts of freedom. There's just a few people preaching it this morning. We'll make it big, don't worry. God's doing something in this church now. And listen, those of you who are offended right now, and I can, listen, I know there's people in this building that are offended, probably offended by me, offended by something that happened in the church. You better just get over it and get on board and get in the flow. You're missing it if you don't. Well, I'm going to be right in my offense. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're right in your offense. Let's see what the Holy Spirit does with that. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. He was able to see and nobody else could. He was the only, listen, only him, only him and Aaron. They're the only ones who could see. Everybody else was spiritually blind. It's like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, which I've been sharing with you over the last couple of weeks. Every other Jew bowed their knee. Remember that we rejoice in these. We rejoice in these stories from the Bible, and they become fairy tales instead of realities. And they are realities. In the reality of the situation, if you were to parallel that with the modern church, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you've got a few people that are standing; everybody else knelt. And I didn't. I don't see mass repentance either in the church today. That's why we have to win a whole new generation. There's those COVID knee benders and vaccine pimps and whores. I don't know if they're ever coming back. Tom, that's too harsh for a Sunday morning. Don't care. I don't care. I'm not, listen, I'm not here for religion. I don't know what's proper for a Sunday morning. I don't care. It's Bible, 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 and after that more Bible. If you're offended, you're offended by the Bible. Even those of you who are offended by a person, if you live in offense, you're offended by the Bible. If you're living in bitterness, you're not following the Bible. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Good luck with that, by the way. You're welcome. I'm trying to listen. You think that I say this to bust your chops. I don't. I say it because I'm trying to save you whether it's literal salvation or save you out of the situation or save you from being useless for the rest of your life. Now, listen, take this from somebody who's wasted decades. You're like, Tom, why do you always talk about offense? Have you ever read Matthew chapter 24, 10 through 13? At that time, many will turn away from the faith. What's the other translation? At that time, many will be offended. And will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold. That's why I'm telling you to stop being offended over some church political issue. Stop it. What's? I'm showing Tom. You're not showing me anything. Nothing. You're not affecting me at all. The more you're offended, God will mock you and fill this church. He will, trust me. I remember, listen, I know this is gonna shock some of you, but I've made people mad my entire ministry. In the church, at periodic times would empty out to the place where I actually went up to my worship leader and apologized. But when we were the most empty during those times, we got the biggest offerings. God will mock your offense, so knock it off. I see the husbands and wives, they bind together, standing against the oppressive church. (laughs) Knock it off. You're useless. Let it go. You don't think I, I want to say to people, you don't think you've offended me? I'm still here. I'm still preaching. You're welcome. That was free for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Or for some people. Amen. See, I will tell you this. You need to be able to discern the spirit of God in these times. I'm going to tell you this. I hesitate to tell you this, but I'm going to tell it to you. I prayed a while ago. I said, you know what, Lord? I want a million dollars in the church account. I want a million dollars in there. At that time, we had about 850,000 in the bank. Now we're just, we're just in the midst of buying a building worth millions, and we're paying millions. I'll give you all the details when I can. So don't be thinking, well, the church is just riding high. Well, we are riding high because we're following Jesus. Amen. But God's going to call you to give. And he's going to call you to give sacrificially. You want a southern outpost of freedom that can hold thousands of people? Then you're going. Listen, we're going to need to pony up. I'm ponying up. I'm giving tens of thousands of dollars to that building. Understand that. But I prayed and I said, Lord, I want a million dollars in the account. And he said, you're going to have to sow a seed for that. And I was, to be honest with you, I was like, really? <laughs> I not really, because if I sow a seed, see, this is how some of you non-tithers think, isn't it? I mean, Tommy, you, you're pointing the finger at me? Yeah. <laughs> Non-tither. You're going to have to sow a But I, Lord, I'm like, I'm, I'm presenting, you know, a need. And you're wanting me to give out of my need? That doesn't make sense. Oh, wait a minute. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Oh, dang, i God. So he said, you're going to have to sow a seed. I said, where? He said, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He wouldn't give it, he wouldn't, he would not allow any other thought. You will, you will sow that seed if that's what you want. So I said, Okay, we need $150,000. God said, You will sow a tithe. I went, All right. So the church sowed 15000 This is how it worked. I was out being bothered by all of you that are offended by me. I was sitting out in the hot tub. Told you, don't bother. I sleep like a baby. Like a baby. (laughs) So I was out in the hot tub. Try not to picture that. But I was out there. (laughs) And I came in. And I was telling Hope. I said, Hope, we need to sow $15,000 to Jonathan. I'm believing for a big offering to come through. For God's provision to come through. And she said, I think I said, we need to sow an offering. And and I don't even know if I said, I don't remember exactly what the dynamic was, but she was like, how much? And I said, 15,000. Well, just before that, someone gave. At that moment is when I found out. I don't know when the person gave it, but at that moment, when I aired it out, that's when it happens. See, that's what you do. Now you're like, well, what about about your 150,000? Well, I don't know. We just received the, largest offering. We haven't even counted today's offering. We've received the largest offering in the history of the church. What is it before church today? $222,000. One giver gave $200,000. And you know what I prayed? I want at least a million. That's what I prayed. So we crested up for the first time in the history of our church. Now, I will tell you this. 21 months ago, 15 days to flatten the curve. We had 30 to 50,000 in the bank. You want, do you want, and what did I change? What did I change? I will show you my faith by what I do. Where do you get that from, Tom? Oh, it's just the Bible. James chapter two, Verse 18. What's the next verse? You believe that there's one God, good even the demons believe that and shudder. You're somebody who has faith and does nothing. You have demonic style faith. I will show you my faith by what I do. And what I did was I said, you know what, for now on 10% of all the money that comes in this ministry is going out to two sources. Rodney Howard Brown, who is my pastor, and Jonathan Sholesworth, who is my evangelist. That's where it goes. And ever since then, you need to stop thinking and hop into the flow. I've never seen anything like it. Nothing. My efforts, my efforts over 14 years, over 14 years, was I accumulated $30,000. God and 21 months of 15 days of flattened curve <laughs> accumulates 1 million. Amen. To God be all the glory. Oh, this is a pastor after my money. I'm making the same. I'm making the same amount of money than when we had 60 grand in the bank. I'm not, listen, I'm trying to build a southern outpost of freedom. And we've got to have a building to do it. We can't continue to meet in a tile store. And it costs millions of dollars to house six to 700 people. It does, folks. Understand that. That's what it is. So be ready to give. Be ready. God's going to tell you what to give. And it will not be comfortable. It will not be comfortable. Do it anyway. And then you'll see the same financial blessings that this church has seen and that I've seen in my own personal life. Where I, I can't, I, one thing after another happens in my life because there is, my, my wife does the checkbook and does all the bills and all, I really do nothing except sit on my throne. <laughs> And wield a Thor at night no, on them. I mean, I, just don't poke the bear. You'll never hear from the throne room of the Lightly House. But I will tell you that there is never an option. There's people there. I have been handed because of Rodney Howard Brown and Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I've been handed checks, thousands and thousands of dollars. Rodney Howard Brown wrote a check to this church for $100,000. He wrote me two separate checks for ten dollars and $15,000 to me personally. One I gave to the church, one I kept. But I will tell you, there is not one thing. Jonathan Shuttlesworth wrote me a check for $10,000 to me. There is never, ever a moment where we think, are we going to die?" Never. I don't want Joe Biden's economy. I don't even want Donald Trump's economy. I plug into the flow of the economy of heaven, a door that in Malachi three, eight through 11, a a window that God says he has opened for you to pour out on you such a blessing that you will not be able to receive it. He'll rebuke the devourer for you. He will guard the fruit of your ground and make every vine sprout forth fruit. That is what you get when you give. Like, Tom, why do you keep talking about it? Because God's making me talk about it. It's for you. I don't even like talking about money. Ask anybody, I don't. But it's for you. And it's for the well being of the body of Christ because we are going to have to mount a stand and we have to, um, to mount a war spiritually against what is going on in this country. We have to do it. We cannot allow our country to be Austria or Australia or Canada. We cannot allow it to happen. Pretty soon. Pretty soon, all of those Romans 13 art churches are gonna be sending, remember how they all took a stand. You have to obey your ruling authorities. So that's why we mask. That's why we lock down. That's why we quarantine. That's why we're taking a vax, uh, having to get a vax mandate and a vax passport because we're, we're following our ruling authorities and then those very same people violate their own principles by sending money overseas to underground churches who are violating their ruling authorities. The American church only follows that for themselves. But pretty soon they're gonna be having to send that money to Canada. Canada right now has an underground church God bless them. They're meeting in frozen barns. Jesus and Christian here? Yeah, they are. It's cold up there now, right? They're having to meet in frozen places. They're meeting in barns and factories and underground church. Because they're outlawed in many areas. As Canada goes back into full lockdown in certain provinces depending on what galactic moron is in charge there, just like the galactic morons here, like Kathy Hogle and Phil Murphy and Gavin Newsom. There's only nine states. You think this battle's lost? I told you, I don't know if I'll ever get to the message. You think this battle's lost? There's only nine states out of 50 that have strict COVID laws. There's only nine I can think of, I told you this in church, I think two weeks ago, but I can think of a few. It's Washington, Oregon, California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois. I don't know the others. That's six, I think. So there's only three others. Oh gosh, Hawaii. Yeah, that's, that they might as well just rename that Alcatraz. (laughs) Let's go on a vacation to Alcatraz. There's only a few states. 41 want to be free. They want to be, we, all we need to do is lead the horse to the water. All we need to do is preach Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burned again by a yoke of slavery. All we need, we're the shining city on hill. All they got to do is look up at us and say, there's the free people. That's all you have to do is model it. And 41 states want to follow you. I don't know what will happen in Australia. They caved to Hitler too. You ever wondered whether you'd be the one that housed Anne Frank or turned in Anne Frank? The mask will tell you. You're welcome. I don't care. I'm strapping on bold faced satanic lies onto my own face. Oh, look at me, love. You know, just, just put the word stupid on there and breathe in those paint rooms the rest of the day. And probably safer than anything else you're breathing in anyway through that mask. All right, I'm going to preach the message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. It's, None of this is politics. For though we walk in the flesh, this isn't the verse, see, I can't get to it. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself up against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Those of you who struggle in your mind, it's because you don't take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I feel this way. I feel that way. No, you take that thought captive and say, you will come under the obedience of the word of God now in Jesus name. Stop taking pills and say now in Jesus name. That's what you do. That's what you do. You wage war. You don't give in first Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body, whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. At the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, faithful is He that calleth you, who also will do it, who will sanctify you. That is what First Thessalonians five twenty four is about. People use it for faith stands. That's fine. I believe in layering out Scripture, but its ultimate meaning is: Faithful is He that calleth you, who will sanctify you, will make you useful, will make you holy. Most Christians, get ready now, most Christians, for all intents and purposes, are useless. They're never used of God. They are just holding on until they go to heaven. Now, Paul wrote, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, which most Christians only talk about what? Everything they've done in the past for Jesus, nothing they're doing now, all they talk about is how they got saved in the past, nothing but right now. Paul wrote, who was a Pharisee of Pharisees, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. And when scripture puts something like above all or this one thing, pay close attention. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, not the existence of a believer hanging on like grim death to make it to heaven. The high calling of God, not the soccer mom with juice boxes and fruit roll-ups and a packed out schedule that she is Lord over. You you will never reach high calling as long as you are Lord. Type A wonderland's in the room of which I am one, you must let go. And let him be Lord. You've got to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Not exist as a believer. So how do we move forward? What does it mean to be mature? Most Christians fall into, and again, you may be thinking I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching at us. All of this stuff I relate to, I don't know as much as you or more than you. Some of you are better Christians than I am. But most Christians fall in, the, in America. I don't know about worldwide, although I think it is worldwide because the worldwide church closed. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they've heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. How do I know if that's me? Luke eight thirteen, parable of the sower. The seed, the word of God falls on them. Now the ones, the seed of the word of God that fell among the thorns are those people who, when they have heard, go out And are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. How do you know if that's you? There you go. The eye in the sky, it does not lie. You need to ask, are your kids saved? If they're not, strike one. And if they're not saved and they're 40, it's not too late. They're still your kids, they're still your babies. It doesn't matter. If you have to, just go. Listen, we need to get into confession in this country. I don't know if I'm ever going to preach this message. <laughs> Confessions of the Bible. See, I can, I can counsel people who are honest with themselves. Don't come to me for counsel if you're a liar. If you lie to yourself, don't come to me for counsel. It'll ruin your day and you will never step foot in this church again. Not because I kick you out. You'll kick yourself out because you'll hate my guts. As I will burst your balloon. Some of us need to confess, I screwed up my children. Stop lying to yourself. What good does it do? I screwed mine up. Why won't you say it, coward? See it got quiet in here. See that? See how see? You're laughing a minute ago. You know why it bothers you? Because you're not lighthearted about it. You're, you're, you're in defense mode. See, I, listen, I am a master at reading body language. Why? 5 billion police calls. 25 years of police calls. You want to, listen, God's my edge of protection, but as for other, other police officers, how do you live? How do you make sure you walk out? You better read people. I remember I on a police call one time, it was a domestic violence deal, and that's where most cops die. And I walked in there, this guy just beat the C-R-A-P out of his wife. He's jacked. I mean, jacked. And he's a MMA guy. And I'm like, and I'm by myself. And you're like, Tom, you're a big guy. It doesn't matter. Listen, if you're a big guy and you don't know how to fight versus a small guy who knows how to fight, you're gonna lose. (laughs) Look at me, you're gonna lose and you're gonna lose bad and in humiliating fashion. I already tried it. I jumped on my son, who just knocked a guy out in four seconds in a second cage fight. I jumped on him in the couch, unbeknownst to him. I'm like, <laughs> and I jumped on him. I was crying for mercy in less than 15 seconds. Put me in a camorra or something like that. I'm like, ah! But you had better learn to read people. And I'm sitting, so I sat, you know what? I didn't go up to that guy, excuse me. No, he was sitting down. I sat down next to him. How's it going, man? Listen, I'm going to have to tell you something. You're going to have to go to jail tonight. Now listen, here's the thing. I know that I can't get you in that car. I know that outside of shooting you. And said, I can't there's no tasers back then. There's no way I'm getting in that there's no way. I said, but the radio that I have on me, I can have twenty guys here. And we'll get you in that car eventually. So I'm asking you. Will you walk out to that car with me? With handcuffs on. <laughs> and we talked all the way to the jail. You better learn how to read and have discernment. Amen? You're going to have to, in order to have that, you've got to be sanctified. You think the church knows any better? I'm talking about the global church. No, a lot of these, a lot of these bombastic punditry pastors, they know how to preach. But they have no idea what the Holy Spirit's saying. No idea. No clue. The Holy Spirit told you to lock down your church and defy his own word, to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I don't, see, I don't see caveats in scripture that say that. Yes. Well, Tom, you know, you have to use wisdom. There's your heresy. That's your heresy. How do we move forward? What does it mean to be mature? Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14. I've done a lot of preaching out of these. So if this is redundant to you, I don't apologize, but here it comes. Now this, this section of scripture, interestingly, is entitled... Warning against falling away. No apologies to the Calvinists. I didn't think you could fall away. That's not what the Bible says. We have entire chapters entitled "The Great Falling Away." I will never get it, but I digress. We have much to say, verse eleven, about this. But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Now the church hadn't even been around that long and there was already people that were hard-hearted and were no longer trying to understand. Look at me now, is that you? Have you turned the faucet off already this morning because you came in offended or now you're offended? You no longer try to understand. What if God is trying to break through to you through offense? What What if the offense is God? You ever think? I think like that. You know, do you th- how many of you think? No, I, I, never walk, I never walk around offended. I never live in offense. I don't. There's things that drive me crazy, but I do not live in offense. There's people, listen, there's people that have flat out dogged me and dogged this church who come back a year or two later. I'm all over them. I love you. Glad you're back. Nothing. I do not, you can ask anybody, I have faults and failings, but I do not live in offense because it shuts off your mind of Christ. It shuts, you will will never see open doors. You will not see closed doors. You have to be somebody who's willing to understand, which by the way, could be in direct contradiction to how you feel. There's a way that seems right to a man. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. And this think about that verse. It's not very difficult to contemplate, to get to the depths of that verse. There's a way that seems right to a man. What seems right means is it seems right. It seems right to you. There is a way that's, in other words, it's deception. It seems right. The same thing done over and over and over again, expecting a different result is insanity, but it seems right to you. You've been worrying for years, worrying does nothing, but yet you still feel, feel, uh, feel compelled to do it. It seems right to you. Right now I am in a transition in my life where I am defying things that have seemed right to me for years and years and decades. You're going to have to take, if you want to be sanctified, you have to be willing to defy this. But it is hard to, let me finish the verse. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. It may seem right to you to roll your eyes at your wife. How's that working for you? This fruit, very easy fruit. Do you have more or less sex? You're welcome. This is an adult service. If your kids in here, it's your fault. There's plenty of things out there for the churns. So listen, the fruit will always tell you, if what you're doing is so right spiritually, where are all the souls? Where are they? Where are the healings? Why aren't people coming up to you and asking you for encouragement? Where's the ministry? You should be willing to try to understand. I know this is a very different church because nobody will do this to you except for a few people. They will come in and to your face, put your fruit before you and say, where is it? Instead, what they want is for you to be perpetually needy of the pastor. See, I want you to become, I want you to get to the place where you don't need me, you just want me. But what pastors in America want is for you to actually stay just like Fauci wants. They want you in a herd. They want you to be a bunch of thunderheads in a herd because then you're compelled to go and follow a man. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. Where do you get that from? 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it is taught, you remain him. Does that mean, Tom, that we have to get to the place where we no longer have pastors? No, what it means is you have a pastor or even pastors in your life that are instructive to you, but you are not in need of them. At first, absolutely. But when you've been saved for 37 years, and you need some person to inspire you, you're unscriptural. You're out of the will of God. You have not matured. See, the thing is like, you might be that you need Rodney Howard Brown. I don't need Rodney Howard Brown. I love Rodney Howard Brown. Listen, I want to be around. I don't need him. There's times we go a month without talking. There's times where I go two, three months without ever going to the church up there. I don't need, it's accenting. Men and women of God should be accents to you, not what you need. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, verse 12, though by this time you ought to be teachers, In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. That's the truth inside of the modern church. It is not the truth inside your church. You might be thinking, I'm bragging. I'm not bragging. We cover the elementary truths and then I push you into high calling. It's risky to do. You might think, well, you might be like, I've gotten to high calling. Don't need him anymore. It's risky to preach that. Don't care. I'm not going, I am not going to denigrate or water down the word of God to keep a congregation. Some of you, when you discover what you're called to do, God will pluck you out of this church and make you go elsewhere. Some of you are supposed to be pastoring churches. Some of you are supposed to be evangelists. But you have no clue. You're 63 years old. You've been saved for 50 years. And you have no clue because you got choked by cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And there's no, there's no fruit of maturity. Thank God, though, Scripture says, if you're 60, you've got another 60 years to go. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Those are facts, by the way. That is not Tom's selfish mythology. Tom believes he's going to live to 120. That's because that's what the Bible says. My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. The countries that actually honor their father and mother with long life will I give you if you do that? The countries that do that? You go to Japan right now. There's people walking all around that place that are 113 years old, healthier than our 77 year olds. And people, people. Oh yeah, I, I've had people send me messages on social media. You really believe? Yeah, I believe it. It's what the Bible says. Why would I believe anything that is not? Why would I believe something that's not in the Bible? Conversely, to what is in the Bible? Let God be true, and every man a liar. Romans 3, 4. So what does it mean to mature? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of doctrines of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So we have a list here of one, two, three, four, six things. These are the elementary principles. Now I want to tell you this, most Christians who believe that they have mastered these six elementary principles are the worst at these six elementary principles. So make sure that you Romans twelve three yourself for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Make sure that you've mastered repentance. See how quiet it gets in here we say repentance? See, I want you to know something when it comes to repentance. One of the earliest scriptures Jesus said, Matthew chapter four, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Most people never get repentance. So I shouldn't even read the next five. But most everybody who thinks, oh, here he's talking about turning from sin. You haven't, you haven't turned from sin. It, it's, I want you to understand what repentance means. Repentance is not considering turning from sin. There's a lot of Christians They're okay as long as this one temptation doesn't come in and they know it the whole time. I'll just use dating as an example, like I always do. There's lots of Christians out there who are absolutely fine until fornication's an option. That's true. And by fornication, I'm talking porn too, guys. They're fine. They're absolutely fine, but in their heart and in their mind, they're like, I'm okay with this Jesus stuff. I am born again. However, if the right person, right man or woman comes along, I'm gone. Where do you get that from? Being in the church since 1987. So they've never mastered repentance. And those same people are leading Bible studies. Those same people are what I call 2 Timothy 3, verse 6 men. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Men actually lead Bible studies so that women come into them so that they can... Have relationships with women. You don't believe that? They've tried it here. Good luck here. (laughs) Cotton candy, Casanova doofus. Get out. (laughs) I smell you when you walk in here. You have no chance. You sulfur smelling demon. You have absolutely no chance. You know, but what's, what's the verse that precedes those two? 2 Timothy 3, 6 and 7 that I just read to you. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power and from such people turning away for of this sort are those who creep in households. You really think you've mastered repentance is not considering turning from sin. It is in Hezekiah fashion, turning your back to the world and turning your face to the wall. absolute rejection 180 degree military about face from sin now not well you know i'm I'm considering whether or not to no there is no consideration once you know it's sin it's over and it's not just sin either it's that which god has showed you to turn your back on Some of you are nasty to your spouse. You've been doing it for years and that's why you're corralled off. How are you gonna be nasty to your spouse and follow Ephesians chapter five? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Next verse, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Ephesians chapter five, 21, 22 and 25. How, how are are you going to preach the word? I wouldn't dare treat my wife like that and come up here and mock God and preach the gospel. And she won't repent. Well, I'll repent when she's nice. You're just a little baby. You're a little baby. And by the way, you don't do that. Whenever you want money, what are you talking about? Your job or your business? You bootlick people there. You butt kiss people there. You're welcome. Love of money is the root of all evil. But you can't even be nice to your wife. You can't be nice to your husband. You're welcome. You say that you're a master of repentance. It's a great church, isn't it? Tom, you're mean. Well, mean to me too then. This is just as much for me as it is for you. Believe it or not, I struggle being nice. I do. I'm not the nicest person. If you're looking for trouble, you come to the right place. I struggle being nice. So this is just as much for me as it is for you. The only difference is, is that I've turned from my ways. Turned from them. Elementary are repentance, faith toward God. Elementary faith toward God. I receive you as Lord and Savior is what they're talking about. Baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection, eternal judgment. Now what is not, so there's the elementary things. In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk. There's milk, not solid food. So what is solid food? Whatever's not on that list. So I wrote one for you. Now you can add to this. This, doesn't, this isn't gospel because I wrote this. Here's what's not on that list. You sum it up with four words. The will of God is not on that list which includes these four things. The promises of God are not on that list. The word of God, if you notice, is not on that list. Doesn't say the elementary principles of studying the word, does it? The Holy Spirit's not on that list. And the gifts of callings of God, which is part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, are not on that list. The will of God, Matthew chapter six, nine and 10. You hear these verses preached all the time around here. Jesus said, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Most Christians, whenever you talk about the will of God, it's a mystery shrouded in mist. It's an ambiguous term. It is not. The will of God is what? Thy will be done. The will of God is that things happen right here, just like they are in heaven, period. Every time, every situation, every moment of every day. You are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Philippians 3.20. You are not citizens of this earth. You've left. You are a love slave of God. You were bought with a price, period. Everything that happens for you, every spiritual gift in the heavenly places has been given to you insist upon it. Well, I've tried. It didn't work. That's unbelief. What do you do about unbelief? Bathe in the word of God, which is not an elementary principle. Bathe in the word of God. First Corinthians 3, 1 and 3. 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. If you preach like this, In most churches, I wonder why I get no invites. Actually, I did get one. But it's somebody under Rodney's ministry. They're the only ones who have any sort of testicular fortitude. Is this Bible verses? What are you scared of? What are you scared of? You're going to be judged by it anyway. There's no escape. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. In Revelation 20, 11 through 15, the great white throne judgment, you'll be judged by Jesus and that's the word. What's the point of hiding from it? What's the point of being offended by it? And I, brethren, could speak to you as to spiritual people, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, in case you forgot where we're at. (laughs) I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? How many of you go, oh, that person gets that, but I don't. Well, that, how many of you are click judges? Well, there's the click in the church right there. There's the click in the church. Now, I, now I, I have been set free to be a turd because I found the click in the church so I can be a turd. Pastor Tom never invites me over. I don't invite anybody over. I barely like people. (laughs) Why are you a pastor? God made me do it. (laughs) I do love preaching. I do. And I do love people. I love them way more than I like them. Seriously. You want a trench warrior? I'm your guy. You want a psychologist? Not your guy. You want an encourager? Find an encourager. That's not me. I'm an evangelist pastor. That's not my gift. It may encourage you. It may not the things that I say, but that's not what I'm called to do. (laughs) The meat of the word of God. Let me say this, though. How many of you struggle with envy, strife, and divisions? Well, I'm justified in it because this happened in the church. Why is man your Lord? See, that's why the entire church caved. Because man is their Lord. I want to impress men. I want to be loved by men. I want people to esteem me highly they might as well carve images and burn incense to them. That's why, you need to know why the church fell. Not be mad about it. I'm not mad. All you, a lot of the great, this is the greatest, obviously the greatest foundation church has ever been is right now. The greatest it's ever been. And you know why? Because all the other churches closed and you had nowhere else to go. See so you had to come to the flamethrower. There's nowhere else in town. And then once you came to the flamethrower, you're like, he isn't throwing flames. That's the Bible that guy's preaching. And I haven't heard that for 20 years. And it's not about me. It's about what, listen, I, there is no me. I'm enveloped in the body of Christ. I'm enveloped in the grace of God. There is no me. It's God. And God will not have pastors preaching things that are antithetical to the word of God to coagulate uh, congregations of people. But if you struggle with envy and strife and divisions, And don't act like you don't because your fruit already says that you do. Admit it. It, Just be like me and say, you know what? I am a freaking pouty pants. That's who I am. And I repent in Jesus' name. Do it. Stop letting your pride go before your very ministry's destruction. You have no ministry because you will not admit that you struggle with strife, with envy and divisions. If you're one that has to go around, listen, if you're one of those that's trying to find out more information about the building, and I told you that we can't tell you, that's you. (laughs) You're like, aren't you worried about running people off, Tom? No. (laughs) It's you. Does it rhyme with all your garbage comes back to me, just so you know. Along with your name, if you, listen, you think people go up to Norma? Is Norma here? They go up to Norma and try to get information from her. Norma is a vault. Good luck. And what Norma will? Norma's on my side, by the way. It's all coming back to me. Norma's loyal to me. So when you go up there and say, "Does it rhyme with this?" It's coming back to me. Just be spiritual. What does it mean to be spiritual? Well, do you, it's a spirituality means lots of mouth or little mouth. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. What's the next Verse. A dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by as many words. A dream, a building like we're supposed to have, comes through much activity, but a fool's voice is known by as many words. Listen, I love you even if you're a fool. I do. I do. And I'll confront you if need be. But if this is you and you're struggling with envy and with strife, you live by strife. That's your juice in life. I've been like that. It motivates me to mow the yard when I'm mad. Sends me out into the yard to do work when I'm mad. I used to do that all the time in the sheriff's office when I was mad at people. I'd go out there and I'm a machete guy. I'd be hacking pepper trees. Lieutenant. It's immature. That's not very long ago. I wish it was. I'm not going to lie to you up here and tell you that I've arrived. I have not arrived, but I've left the shore. I have not arrived. I'm telling you, if you want to follow this chubby redneck offshore, then follow me offshore. The meat. The mature is the will of God. In that, the promises of God, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, and gifts and callings. Back to, back to Hebrews. Now we're at five and 13 and 14. Oh man, we got eight minutes to go. I didn't give you my COVID update. I'll squeeze it in. <laughs> Everybody turn back. You see my timer there? You See what they put on the clock for them? <laughs> am I two minutes over or do I have two minutes to go I'm already two over oh wow I'll change I'll change that immediately <laughs> don't worry I'm on it I'm not changing don't worry they all know Aaron just deals hope deals they know they know what they have I go through 44 slides per podcast. I submit 150. Aaron, Aaron and Will process them all and they send me little mocking messages. <laughs> they know. Hebrews 5, 13, 14. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. Not acquainted. But solid food is for the mature. That's the perfect place then. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Let's break this down in closing. Let's not just read this verse, let's dissect it and then let's apply it. Amen? Let's look. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with what? Leave that verse up if you can, guys. Is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. So anybody who's living on milk has no idea what it means to be correct. Righteousness doesn't just mean some sort of spiritual purity. It means being correct more than that. Knowing the Bible, anyone who lives on love, love, look at us love, strap our masks on, look at us love and clothes like McDonald's, look at us love. They're not acquainted with being right. They even think they're right because there's a way that seems right to a man. They're not acquainted, they don't even know what it means to be correct. Again, written to Christians. That is why you must grow. That is why Hebrews chapter 6, 1 through 6 is entitled The Peril of Not Progressing. And while the title of these scriptures is Warning Against Falling Away, if you are not progressing, you don't know what is right. You don't even know. It is an emergency that you find out. But solid food is for the mature. What's solid food? Teaching about righteousness. Could you be at a better church? You gonna hear this at Naked and Unafraid, part three? <laughs> Sands and Sand and Stars, part forty-seven. How to love and be a compromiser at the same time? All the ark, no, you need teachings about righteousness to mature. Solid food is for the mature. Solid food is teaching about righteousness. Who by constant use, constant use of what? Teaching about righteousness. Who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Did you hear that? Constant use of righteousness and teaching about righteousness gives you spiritual discernment that when the devil comes in, you smell the sulfur. You know how is it that every how, how is it that everybody in this room has got to be two hundred people in here? How is it that all of us know, but most of Charlotte counties has no idea? And I'm talking about the churches, not the not the lost. 1 Corinthians chapter five, verse three, 1 Corinthians chapter five, verse 12. You judge and you judge those inside the church. Tom, you're not supposed to judge. Heresy. Not correct, not the Bible. Not unless you're doing the same things. Romans chapter two, verse one. Finish right here. Worship team, make your way. Then everybody relax. (laughs) We did big salvation calls at the Christmas thing, so we'll get out of here quickly. Goal, 1045, it's 1042. So I want to put this in simple language for you and I'm squeezing in the COVID update. (laughs) Solid food is what? Don't leave here without this knowledge. Write these verses down. I give you permission. Right now, get your phone out. I don't care. Write these verses down. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14, warning against falling away in the New King James is how it's titled. Remember, what is solid food? What leads to maturity? What leads to the, the ability to distinguish between good and evil? Teaching about righteousness, which is the promises of God. Make sure that you, when, you, when you get home today or next day or what, sometime this week, watch part two of this message. It's coming in the second service. They don't get what you get. You don't get what they get. Solid food is teaching about righteousness. Constant use of that righteousness leads to being able to distinguish good from evil. What's going on with COVID? Being able to distinguish good from evil, right? Why is it that all the ERs are full now? What are they full with? They're filled right now in Vermont with asymptomatic people. People are going in, scared to death, and are taking up hospital beds that they blame on us. Joe Biden, it's gonna be a dark winter full of the unvaccinated filling up emergency rooms and ICUs and dying. No, the people who are filling up ERs right now are people who are not sick. Israel has ordered 15 million doses a vaccine, they have 9 million people live there. Actually, they have 15 million doses in storage right now. 90% of their population is fully vaxxed. They have another 15 million doses and they've ordered another 36 million. Why is that? It's like they never want it to end. Australia has secured 151 million booster doses for a population of 25 million. And 70 plus percent, 80 plus percent of their population is fully vaxxed. Here's some stats, Florida gained 220,000 people this year in our population. Texas, many of them live, by the way, the hottest spot in Florida is here. It's one of the hottest spots, if not the hottest spot. It's right here, mega hot, it's right here. Charlotte and Sarasota County. Texas gained 170,000. New York lost 352,000. California lost 367,000. We're not losing, they're losing. We're winning, they're losing. The minority will try to tell you that you're, that you're the minority and they'll use fear to do it. Oprah was caught maskless while all of her help around her was masked at her holiday gathering. Maxine Waters caught maskless on a plane. These are the people, these are the mask Nazis not following the very precautions they tell you to do Navy ship right now is stranded off in Guantanamo Bay, 100% fully vaccinated. They can't leave because of what? COVID outbreak. How oh, you don't see this, even if you are a leftist wacko and not knock it off is beyond me. New Jersey is to pay, has to pay $52.9 million to families of vets who died in their nursing homes. Because they did what? They brought in COVID-infected people into the most vulnerable population and left them there. No ivermectin, no monoclonals. Vaccines just kill people. And you left them there. These are the experts, by the way. These are the experts locking down again, telling you what to do, are paying out millions. 65% of COVID patients tested positive in hospitals right now, how? 65% of the positives in hospitals for COVID are people who went into the hospital for something else. They went in for a heart attack. They went in for a broken leg. So when you hear our hospitals are being overrun, yeah, with people with broken fingers. So, you know, that's the facts. Last one. Cases are skyrocketing in Australia where they're 90 plus percent vaxxed. Everybody, 60, think how sad that is. 16 and above in Australia. 91% of that population is fully vaxxed. Cases are highest they've ever been. New York going through the roof. In the United States, where they allege 70% of the United States is vaxxed, vaxxed cases are going through the roof. I tell you all this to let you know that you are right. Do not move. Stand firm. Do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I want to tell you this. I'm sorry for those of you who had difficult holidays because you're part of the great unwashed. I will tell you this verse in closing. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound and changed but the rebellious dwell in a dry land, Psalm 68, six. God will set you in a new family. I know that's not what some of you want to hear. Nobody gave me any Thanksgiving invites this year either. I usually get one, didn't get it this year, didn't get any Christmas invites, didn't talk to any family on Christmas day. It is what it is. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You listen. It's not about casting them aside. It's just treating it spiritually. Well, nothing should divide us. That's not the Bible. You will see divisions. It's not us. We're not telling, I don't care whether you're vaccinated or I don't care. You can, if you can survive in here with a mask on, mentally, emotionally, you're more than welcome. You walk into Rodney Howard Brown's church with a mask on, you will not stay. See how sweet I am. Thank God for Rodney. I actually look sweet. Thank you. Amen. So listen, for those of you, listen, he's the glory and he's the lifter of your head. Don't be down about it. We're going to win and accept your new family. God will open up doors. And it doesn't mean you're not going to get restoration with the old family. But God will bring in people. God sets the solitary in families. Look all around you. There are doors that will open and they'll be the greatest relationships you've ever had in your life. Amen? Amen. Stand with. Me. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit FoundationChurchFL.com and click on Give.